Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan, joined by our friend Tim Gray, a.k.a. Timmy G. What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Yep. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. Yep. I'm just ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> just, yep. Oh, boy. So, what's on our mind this today, week fellas? in the NFL, a lot of things... Um, this week in the NFL, a lot of things could go, I could put out right now for what's on my mind. So what I was thinking with guys, just go biggest takeaways of the week. We each go one by one. I know Timmy, we normally start with you. Would you want to start off again? Or would you like me to start off this time? You can start off. You look like you're dying to say something. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm getting them out the way early. The Patriots, we're just going to start there. Normally, I've been waiting t- like till the end, get a little happiness, people who are not Patriots fans. But a lot of people like to see the Patriots' demise, so this is probably amusing to them. 38-3. Um, to 3, I was like, wow, that's going to be the worst loss of the season. Point-wise, it was. But that was at least to a Cowboys team, which at the time, and what they do is they beat up on bad teams. We'll get to them later, of course. 34 nothing to the Saints. To the Saints. The, zero points. The offense looks abysmal. The offense looks atrocious. The offense looks like an elementary school offense. The defense is missing pieces, but the defense and then still, they're on the field so much. They have to play in plus ter- and minus territory for them, but opponents plus territory all the time. So, of course, they're not going to do great. And at the time, you can run on the Patriots. That's always really been a thing. Uh, typically it's bend, but don't break. We're going to have great red zone. We're going to usually have really good pass. We're going to use pass defense. Cool. Whatever. They didn't look inspired. They didn't look like they wanted to be there for the first time. I can say like, is Bill Belichick losing the locker room? Like what? Like, I, I don't even know what's going on with this new England team. As he said, basically started from scratch. We're five weeks in. We can't really. We can try to start it from scratch, but we'll we'll see what we got. Um, Kyle, I'm gonna let you go. I know you probably have a lot there too. And then Timmy, obviously, you can chime in. But uh, I actually don't have too much. What was that? I don't have too much to say, honestly. Um, I mean, look, I shut off the game at halftime yesterday. Just flat out. Just put it on another game you know mm-hmm. i haven't done that ever the only other time i did that was in that blowout loss to the bills but that was different you know there was no other games on i'm like i can't watch this and i switched it off and i ended up coming back to it like later on in the second half just to just to see just to see what it looked like this one i did not watch a single snap unless it was on red zone after halftime i did not watch a single snap i did not devote any time to this game um after that, the best I can describe my day, aside, uh, you know, from the games I had some monetary reasons to watch, uh, I was in a, I was in a bit of a depression. I was like, man, this is what it feels like when your team is just hopeless. You know, you've heard me, you've heard me on here for the last three seasons, building up some false hope. You know, like, oh no, we still got Belichick, we still got playmakers on defense, Max still young. Uh, we still have Ramondre. Uh, the the receivers are young. The receivers can get open, and I still believe some of what I just said there. I still believe like there was times yesterday, Mac and Zappy, from what I've heard, were just missing open receivers. Uh, 
Ramondre's still a force. The offensive line's not playing well. The defense, I mean, like Keenan said, the defense is just out there all the time. So eventually it's just not going to work out. You know, eventually they're just going to continue giving up points if they're tired. Um, it's just a train wreck all over. I did not expect the season to be over here by week five, but here we are. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, it's, it's- it's a wrap. I, uh, a wrap. I I used yesterday to get in my depression about it. Like, damn, like there is zero hope, like zero, zero hope. Unless the only thing that would have to happen would be like if Josh Allen and Tua each missed a significant amount of time. That's like really our only fucking hope at all. And uh, even Miami with Mike White, they could put up points. They got enough weapons around. It's just this Patriots team is unrecognizable. Again, I was sad about it yesterday. Today, I'm like in my moved on point. Like the Patriots are just another team to me. I'm going to devote all my time to, you know, all these other teams and it's such. But it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be an awkward year. I actually just saw right before we got on, I was just scrolling through Twitter a little bit. And Schefter was on a podcast with somebody, Adam Schefter, saying that the offense will probably look different next week, which I'm assuming means either Bailey Zappi or Malik Cunningham will be starting instead of Mac. Um, I think Mac's a definition of average, but he just looks terrible lately. Like he looks like he switched bodies with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson out of the blue looks competent here these last two weeks. Um, don't get me wrong. He's still Zach Wilson. And he's going to turn the ball over, but Mac just looks terrible. And uh, the only thing really that's, on my mind going forward is what's going to happen with this Belichick situation. It's either going to get really awkward or him and Kraft already decided like from the, after last week looking in, cause he keeps wanting to stick to Mac Jones. Maybe, maybe it's an inside job and they just want to tank. I don't know. I, I hope that's the case. Cause you know, Tim, your preseason prediction of them being anywhere from a three to five win team looks excellent right now. Looks excellent. Uh, me and Ken were talking on live take last night after the after the Cowboys Niners game. Go check out live take. Go download it to your phone, especially if you're an Apple user. Uh, we were talking last night. The Cardinals don't have a ton of talent. They're still like plucky and competitive, and you know the Patriots should at least resemble that. They have enough talent for that, and they just don't so far. Especially these last two weeks, obviously, getting outscored the way they have. So. To me, if this Belichick situation is really going to come to a head and this season might be his last, I can't see that yet. But if that's the case, it's really it reminds me of uh, that season where Peyton Manning injured his neck. He had neck surgery. He was out for the season. No one even thought anything about him not returning to the Colts until it looked like they were going to get the number one pick. Then they had a situation where they got had their QB of the future. And they awkwardly had to release Peyton Manning. Obviously, it wasn't, you know, viewed to the public as that or presented to the public as that. They presented it as a mutual parting of ways, but they really had to release him. I can't imagine a situation where Kraft's actually going to fire Belichick. But something might come to a head this, this, you know, towards the end of the season, into the offseason. And that's really the only intriguing part is what this team's going to look like in 2024. Uh, other than that, I'm not too stressed or mad about it because these last two weeks were bad enough that was worse than anything we experienced in the 2020 season the 2021 season the 2022 season i'm just very interested to see how belichick handles all this backlash and all this heat that he rightfully deserves because we're putting out a sloppy product on the field and it's disgusting and it's 
unpatriot-like, and it's unacceptable. It's truly unacceptable. Uh, last thing I'll say, not to take shots here, this is not a shot at the Giants, but the Giants have a true lack of talent. Their offensive line is poor. Uh, they don't have too many playmakers on defense. Um, they don't have too many weapons. But they're at least out there, like, when they're losing to the Dolphins or to the Cowboys or by that many points, I can see it. The Patriots, while they might not be the Niners, they might not be the Eagles with their talent, they have enough there to where they can at least compete, to where you can at least put up 17 to 20 points, make them work on offense with the talent they have on defense and so forth, and they're not even doing that. So, yeah, it's a lost feeling. It's it's not fun. Um, but I'm also trying to have perspective and be like, hey, we had a run on, like, literally anybody in any sport. So... I'm good for a little bit. I'm good for a little bit. That's cool. That's cool. That's that's really cool. And yeah, we did have a run like unlike anybody in sports, and I get that. That's really cool. But that doesn't give us the um, license to quit. That gives us the license to be exactly what we've been for the last four years. Fringe playoff team looking nice. This year's just different because it looks like everybody's just giving up. And yes, I mean as as, as I said, I last pod. I think there should be a mutual parting ways of Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft for sure. Whoever's in the GM seat, AKA Bill Belichick, that needs to change next year. And that should not be mutual. If it is not mutual, Robert Kraft needs to say, this is what's happening regardless of if Bill wants to or not. And if that can't happen, then I would have him leave. I really would. There becomes a, there comes a time. Let me be clear. He absolutely should be rescinded from the gm position like we should have a new gm let someone else pick the groceries and yeah i hope belichick can at least at his advanced age be like okay yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna coach here uh that should at least like i don't there should be no problem there with belichick and you're right if he has a problem with that then yeah it's gonna get awkward it's gonna get sticky hairy that sounded like other descriptions for other shit but it's gonna get it's gonna get truly awkward there in New England this this off season, depending on what happens. So it's just time for him to go. If that's the case, if he's if he's that upset about it, Timmy, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go. Don't worry, and you can have the floor for a moment. Um, it's just time for him to go. But again, I didn't think I was. I've always been a little facetious. Every time I've said we're going to be in the – I hope we're getting Caleb Williams if we're not good. Like, I don't want a 7-9 and nine, or 7-10 and 10 season. This point, <laughs> we're not doing a thing in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Like, I, we're not going to get there. I have no hope for this team at all. I understand the Panthers are bad. But even the Bears look more competent right now. I am hopeful – that we can just get in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes here soon, and if that happens, one terrible year, one in one in fifteen, we got one win. We're not going to be a defeated team. One in sixteen, I would take it. You want to know why? Number one pick, Caleb Williams. So go sign T Higgins again. Said it before. That is my hope. Timmy, you please go. The New Orleans Saints. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. Have a they have a pretty good defense. They've got pieces everywhere. Yeah. They're well coached. They've always been a solid defense. I actually have them on my fantasy team, mainly because they have a really easy schedule. They play easy quarterbacks. I took them out of my lineup this week because they played the Patriots in Gillette. Of course, they're not going to get shut out at home, right? Wrong. 
Um, the Saints got after Mac early, lots of pressure. And when Mac was forced to like make decisions in like the blink of an eye, he it. made the wrong one every single time. Yeah, exactly. He crumbles under pressure. Uh, and that was really sad to see. Um, it was really sad to see them put up 22 points on my bench. That was fun. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with what Kyle was saying. Next year, this team has to look completely different. You need offensive line help. They don't They don't look like they can pass block right now. Maybe run yep. block. Ramondre hasn't looked like Ramondre. So maybe the run blocking isn't there either. Exactly. Like Ramondre yeah, either. I mean, they've been playing from behind a lot of these games, so they can't run the ball like they used to. Um, they need a one at wide receiver, and they need a better quarterback. If they don't get the Caleb Williams or if they don't get like a top five pick to get one of those quarterbacks, I think they need a trade for Kyler Murray. Because the Cardinals are getting quarterback this year, I really think. I think they're going to be in the top five, and I don't think they're going to pass on the talent. And it's going to be really hard to do it with the contract because he's guaranteed so much money, and I know Bill Belichick won't do it. But like you guys have said, Bill Belichick cannot be the GM this year, if this next year. If this is what if this is the team he put together thinking that they could win games to make a playoff run, he is completely mistaken. Um, so they need a new GM for sure. They need to make some moves, make some splashes that the Patriots don't ever do to completely turn this around and be a different team next year. Because they can have the defense like they do. They just need a mediocre offense and they would be fine. And they don't even have that. So They need to go from 2013 to 2023. They just need to update everything. Everything is like 10 years behind. Mm-hmm. The defense updates every year a little bit. Everything, like it just... It just always works. It's a tried and it's like a tried and true car that's just always going to do well. You're gonna get always get good got mileage out of it. Never gonna break down. Doesn't may not be like the prettiest thing in the world. You might not have the biggest names, Michael Parsons, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, but you do have Matthew Judon who's going to go in there. I mean he's injured right now, but Matthew Judon, you're gonna find a steal. So it's just that old reliable car defensively. Offensively, it's like they want to do the same thing, but they're buying it off the junk lot, and they're like, you know what, we can put it together. Offensively, nope. they have a horse and buggy. They don't have a car. It really, it really, it might be just like they might have taken from Taft from President Taft. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what, let's let's go borrow this, and then we'll go bring it out there and put it on the field. Like they just need a, they need twenty twenty. They need a new head coach, offensive head coach. The way it's looking right now, maybe call Ben Johnson in Detroit. He's doing a good job there. Maybe we could call call him. Hey, come over. Let's go see what's going on. I don't know. Something just needs to change. Like something just needs to change. But I I don't need to talk about this team anymore. I've been disappointed enough. Let's I talk still, about I, some fun things, I guess. Unless anyone has anything to say about this atrocity, I do have some retorts. Patriots. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I do want to defend Belichick a little bit. Not that he needs defending or I will say like there was one point where we did go on a spending spree back in the day or a few years ago. I think it was the cam year, right? Was it the cam year or Max rookie year where we brought in Johnu and and Hunter Henry? Brought in Johnu, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson um, Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar. So we brought in a bunch of lost a lot of mid mid tier talent. My problem continues to be, and it might be mid-tier, that's fine, but again, there's, we've seen it year after year after year after year, 
it's not all top end talent that makes it to the postseason. It's not always top end talent that even gets to NFC and AFC championship games. You know what I mean? Time and time again, you do see coaching that gets you here. Uh, that 15 and one team that Cam Newton had back in Carolina, they didn't have a ton of explosive. I mean, they had explosive receivers, but they didn't have a ton of top end talent on that team, especially on offense. All that talent was on the defense. My problem continues to be, I'm going to sound like a broken record here is this offensive coaching. Bill O'Brien hasn't been any better than Patricia nor Josh McDaniels in his last what year or two there. Um, there's no innovation. They don't try to get Ramondre in space. Um, again, I don't think Max anything great by any means. I don't think he's going to make any team he went to. I don't think he's going to make them any better. He's not that level of quarterback, but I do think he's good enough to hit open receivers here and there. And he's clearly lost confidence within these last few weeks to where he's just awful. You know, he's not even a starting level quarterback right now. Um, so, yeah, I just don't – to me, it's all coaching, what I'm seeing. And not necessarily all on Belichick's end, but the offensive coaching. The defense is there. And I think he's been – I think Belichick's been at least innovative on defense to where he's got a ton of safeties playing this hybrid role of hybrid linebacker, hybrid safety. So the innovation's there. But, you know, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. I don't see that fire from Belichick. I don't see that, like, oh, we're playing like shit. This needs to get turned down. This needs to get turned around. Or, you know, I don't care if you're a star, you're sitting. You know, that's something that would happen all the time during the Brady era. It would be like, I mean, shit, they benched Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. You know, I'm not seeing any of that. He seems to want to stick to Mac Jones. And it's like, all right, either he truly wants to get fired or he truly wants to just tank and start it all over the way, you know, Keenan wants to. I just don't know what's going on. It, it's That part's crazy to me. Um, but... Again, I, I said it before, yeah, it's it's low-level talent or mid-level talent, but talent that can rise to the top. Not to the not to all the way to the top, but talent we've seen compete at high levels at various points over these last few years. No consistency. That tells you it's coaching more than anything. And uh yeah, I would I would love to see a new coordinator in New England, but at this point, I mean that's just a broken record. I've said that the last four years, so I don't know what the answer is. It's hard to say. Did Belichick truly has the game truly passed Belichick by when, you know, some of these teams you've given him like that 2020 year, he went seven and nine. I don't know too many uh, coaches who would have went seven and nine with that Cam Newton team with missing a ton of defensive starters. Um, even Max first year, they made the playoffs. Like it's, has he regressed that much in just two seasons? I don't know. That's the part that's perplexing to me is I don't – how do you regress that much after being at one point the greatest coach of all time it seemed, at least in the modern era? So that's the part that I'm struggling with the most. It's like, okay, how do you not see how shitty this product is, how, especially in the offensive end? And Belichick deserves blame for that, but it's also, like you said, that's the GM part of it where he's hiring these coaches that are just not up to snuff. And that's that's the most frustrating part to me because you do have a weapon there in Ramondre. You do have versatile weapons in Kendrick Bourne. Uh, you do have all these possession receivers, sure. And I get it. They're not getting open downfield, but these guys are open over the middle a ton and Max just missing them. So it's across the board a failure, across the board. Absolutely. And I do. Last thing that's funny to me as a Patriots fan, I would say for the, the 18 seasons, Brady was there. I would say, and this is no joke, probably 16 of those seasons, I heard 
Brady's a system quarterback. He's only successful because of Belichick. If you put him in Peyton Manning's position or if you put him in Aaron Rodgers' position, he wouldn't he wouldn't succeed as well. This is all fraudulent. And then now the tables have turned to where everybody's saying Brady made Belichick. It's just funny because I've heard it on both extremes on each point, of the, like at each side of the coin of this uh, Belichick-Brady partnership. Since the Falcons yeah. Super Bowl. I mean, in 2007, they were like, well, that was Randy, but they didn't get it done, but that was because of Randy Moss and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, he was great. And then people understood his greatness and how great he was, but they thought that even then it was like he's the ultimate game manager. Like he can, he's a game manager who can put up numbers. And then the Falcons happened and they were like, I guess five we can't really say no to. And then he went to Tampa and it's like, we can't say no to that. <laughs> so, yeah. But Timmy, what's your biggest takeaway before I don't need to speak on this garbage atrocity anymore? I have a lot. I have five of them, but I'll I'll pick the one. <clears throat> the Cowboys are a fake playoff team. That's what I'm I'm calling them. Um, it's a crowd into it. If they play a bad team, they win, and they'll probably beat up on them. But if they play a playoff team that has a decent defense, it just it just goes downhill when their offense is forced to like score points. They just haven't been able to do it. Their two big wins against the Patriots and the Giants, their defense and special teams scored 14 points in both those games. And you wonder why they scored, you know, 38 and 40 points. Their defense is helping them out quite a lot there. Um, And then their offense is playing against mediocre defense that's on the field the entire game. Of course, they're going to be able to wear them down and score some touchdowns. When they played a good defense, Dak crumbled. Three picks. Didn't look good. Um, I highlighted the rest of their season, right? I looked at their their schedule, and they have some wins there. They definitely have some wins, some bad teams. But they play the Eagles twice. They play the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions, Chargers. All of those games could be L's, potentially. A couple of them don't have good defenses, like the Dolphins and the Chargers, I wouldn't say have good defenses, but they have good offenses, so they could probably hang with them. Um, the Eagles have a decent defense, pretty good. Bills have a good defense. Lions defense looks good. I could see them finishing with 10 wins this year and making the playoffs with that loaded defense, and it's just really sad to see that. Um, and then a little snippet at the end, I put Purdy, greater sign, Dak, which is Crazy, because uh, Purdy makes nine hundred thousand dollars a year, and Dak makes forty something million. So that's one let of me, my takeaways as a quarterback thing. But go on, Kyle, before I get into that. Yeah, no, that, exactly. Let me add to that because that was going to be one of my takeaways was uh, Mr. Dakota Prescott. Uh, the Cowboys, if we want to call the Cowboys fraudulent, to me, it's because of Dak. It's not because of McCarthy. It's not because of the defense. It's not. It's not because of Jerry Jones. It's because of Dak. Uh, but you mentioned Jared Goff. If you put Jared Goff in that game last night, say everything happened the way that every single situation happened the way it does, I just think Jared Goff does a little better. Uh, Dak seems like he can't play from behind at all. He does nothing to inspire confidence in him. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. But he used I, to. A little bit. I mean, me. he, he never... I don't think he ever put the fear of God into you, but... Oh, no. But, I mean, as a, your team, you were confident. Like, 
I feel like the Cowboys right now aren't even like confident fully like going into the game with Dak. Like 2016, obviously that team was electric, and then they obviously lost to the Packers. But even then, they were down. I think 28 to three, and then he t- he came down, and he tied it up. Like he was making huge plays down the stretch, and then obviously Aaron Rodgers threw one of the best balls you'll ever see, and then Mason Crosby kicked a field goal to win. But like during the times, like it was like okay, this guy seems to. The first when we were saying him first, you're like, okay, he's a game manager who seems to not turn the ball over in big spots and can is living up to the moment. He is now a garbage time, very good quarterback who needs everything going right for him to succeed and can't take the pressure well, which is kind of what we were saying about Goff at the same time where we were saying the opposite about Dak. But right now, Goff doesn't deal with pressure well, but you'd say Goff is a excellent game-managing quarterback who seems to not make mistakes and has made plays in key situations. You can go back to even on their Super Bowl run when they obviously when they lost, but yeah. It's weird how it yeah, I mean, so you're Goff comparison. Yeah, I mean, Dak, he seems like, like before you would say he's a smart quarterback. Now it seems like he makes dumb decisions on top of not being mm. explosive at all. Um, like the the famous Kirk Cousin comparison. Well, Kirk Cousins against an elite defense can at least keep you in the game. I don't have any confidence at all in Dak against an elite defense. I don't. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins is going to give you the dumb turnover, but Dak just truly seems like he like has no explosive plays in him. He seems to refuse to use his legs. Um, so I don't know what the answer is with him. And I don't know. They switched the OC, right? I just... What is the answer with him if he's not going to inspire anything? Because we kind of gave him a pass these first few weeks when they're up in these games, like against the Patriots, like against the uh, the Giants. Those should be moments where you're taking it almost like a preseason game if you're Dak. You should be using that to fine-tune the offense, get some rhythm. And for you to not have it here going into week six and not performing well at all against teams that are better than you, defenses that are good, um, I don't know what that says for the Cowboys. Because you're going to have two... Eagles games that are going to be tough. Yeah, of course. Uh, those Commanders games are going to be pretty tough for them, right? I could see them, if they can hang around with the Eagles who are starting to figure stuff out now, the Eagles are starting to look a little bit more like the Eagles. Uh, you know, these games, like against the Cardinals, against the Pats, those are games that the Cowboys should have banked. You know, I mean, they did against the Pats, but the Cardinals game, they should have banked that. Last night should have been a closer game. There's no way that should happen. And, uh, a large part of that is Dak. Obviously, the defense wasn't great, but they were on the field a lot yesterday. So, yeah, to me, he's he's a, he's a fraud. I hate saying that about a QB. I actually kind of like Dak, but, man, he has inspired nothing over the last two seasons, really since he's come back from injury. He hasn't inspired anything to call him a top 10, top 12 quarterback. It seems like they're there because of the wins totals and all that, and he will make plays when he's playing from ahead. But when you're down 10, you're down 7, and you need a score on the road, like last night at San Francisco, you need a quarterback who's going <laughs> to not run away from the fire. Not saying he's running away, but he certainly doesn't rise to it either. So Dakota is a weird one for me. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And I'm going to jump right into – I'm going to just weave right in with the top 10 quarterbacks, Brock Purdy – is obviously, I said a few weeks back, I said, is top Brock Purdy by the end of the season going to be in the top 10 quarterback conversation? We all pretty much said, yeah, he should be around there roughly. 
He's there now. Mm-hmm. Like we can't at this point, you can't argue that like, even if you don't have him there, he has to be in the conversation. I'm just going to name off like the eight confirmed and the nine confirmed to me personally. So top 10, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hertz, Herbert, Lamar, Trevor Lawrence, Stafford, Tua. If you want to argue Stafford, I wouldn't right now. He's playing. I thought he was going to come off of the, uh, the injury last year and be a little bit shakier. He's looking back to Stafford form. He's looked great. And then obviously Tua. So that's nine. So then that 10 spot, you're jostling between Purdy, Dak, Goff, Geno, Cousins. I wouldn't put Stroud there yet because Stroud's at my 15. Uh, I wouldn't put Stroud there yet. Obviously, he's only played five games, but he's looking like he wants to trend towards there. And then after that, it would be people like Baker, uh, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, who are not there. So is Purdy better than Dak, Goff, Geno, Cousins? Because if he is, he's ten, and I don't know if you I mean Goff. To me, Goff's got to be in the top ten. So you'd put you'd put Go- Purdy over. You think Goff's better than Purdy? Sure, sure. Okay. And I'd put them both in my top ten. I mean, I didn't so I didn't catch all ten you said there, but to me, both Goff and Purdy are top ten quarterbacks. So would I you mean, take Stafford out Purdy lit or it up Tua? I'd keep them both. I might too. even take okay, so, Trevor Lawrence out. So with Trevor, yeah, Lawrence? Lawrence, Lawrence would be the one that's shaky to me right now. See, I would have Trevor in my top ten. I per- my my top ten was kind of the order I listed it off. It was Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hurts, Herbert, Jackson, Lawrence, Stafford, Tua. I'd probably have Purdy there, and then Goff, and then you'd have the conversation between Geno, Dak, and Cousins. I mean, you got to figure with Goff. You got to figure with Goff. Uh, ever since their rough start last year, they've been absolutely a playoff team and at this point a contender mm-hmm. you know they look at least like oh, a fringe absolutely contender. um again i mean i don't i'm not a fan of this guy it might sound like i am the ma- amount of times i bring him up but i think cousins moves the ball better than probably 80 percent of the league honestly when it comes to just moving the ball having an offense i mean he's got weapons around him so i'd put cousins in that top 10 he's like a professional quarterback compared to like just Trevor Lawrence is just way too inconsistent for me over these first three years. Uh, he'd be right there. Don't get me wrong. And he's got all the makings of a franchise quarterback of a top 10 quarterback. But I think weirdly you do find more consistency out of Goff, out of uh, cousins when it comes to that comparison. So he might be on the outside looking in. He'd be right there at 11 or 12 for me, Trevor Lawrence. But I mean, Purdy's undefeated as QB. Granted, yeah, he's got all those weapons. And Goff, again, outside of what, those first four or five games last year, he's looked great. He's looked absolutely great. And, again, if you switch him with someone like Prescott, I think that game goes a little differently last night. Niners probably still win, but Goff's at least going down slinging, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, Goff over his last would be now, hold on a second, 22 regular season games. Is about 5,700 yards, 38 touchdowns to 10 picks with like a 102 or like a 101 quarterback rate. So, like, he's playing phenomenal. So don't get me wrong. I like Goff a lot, actually. So, I, I think I'd probably have Purdy over him, but I think Goff is right there. I'm fine with you having him at the fringe top 10, kind of where he was in like 2018 19. Timmy, how about you? What is your top? Would Purdy be in that top? I think. It's hard to say top 10. If you go top 12, mm-hmm. I would probably put Purdy right in the top 12. He's right around 
nine through 12. And I think that whole group is just one tier that you could just put those four guys anywhere and like, it would be fine. Um, you were saying, would I take him over Stafford? I kind of think I would take him over Stafford. I think I would take Kirk Cousins over Stafford too at this point. I wouldn't. I think, see, the thing with Stafford. I think Stafford looks good. I think Stafford looks good. Stafford does the look good. The thing with Stafford is he's and my, just so talented. My thing, I, I don't know. I trust him more. My thing with the three, if we want to take the threesome of Stafford, Goff, and Cousins, they're all kind of from that other era, that like 2010 era. And to me, they still bring that command of an offense. That's not really asked of a lot of these young QBs. Um, and again, Lawrence should be in this. I would take all three right now over Lawrence. Obviously, if you're taking for the future, of course, it's Lawrence. Uh, as we've mentioned before, he's supposed to be the best prospect since Luck. But And Stafford can throw you some picks, and Goff can throw you some picks. Cause all three of them can throw you picks, but to me right now, all three have a consistent command. I mean, look what Pook is doing with Stafford. I don't know if we can say he's doing that exactly with Lawrence, you know, in general. Like, we truly just don't know. But Stafford, he's got a Super Bowl. Goss been to a Super Bowl. Cousins been in big games. Uh, Lawrence is on his way. Just right now, I find consistency more out of those three. And we'll see with Lawrence. Two weeks from now, we might not say that. I mean, I did not... I did not think at all the Jags were going to come out of there 2-0 and out of those London games. I was all over the Bills going into this game. And, hey, the Jags were the better team. Lawrence was able to move the ball, too. I mean, he played he played well. He didn't play outstanding, but he played well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kyle, do you have a – because that was mine, Timmy, and then I kind of bounced off it. Do you have a big takeaway? Those were both – all three, really, what we talked about were in my takeaways. The Pats being awful. <laughs> Dak being fraudulent and uh, you know how good the Niners look uh, I would say my other takeaway would be out of all this the Eagles I thought that was a big win I thought for sure they were losing yesterday I thought they were just due for it and they you know they've looked shaky over the first four games but for them to be going into week six at five and oh and building uh, that's scary for a lot of the league and I just think barring injury we're heading for the exact like I picked the NFC championship that we got last year and I think we're headed for a rematch now the question is, is that game going to be in Philly again or is it going to be in San Francisco? Yeah. So, uh, Timmy, did you want me to go with one or I kind of went with one? So you want to go with another takeaway? Because I've got uh, one more. Off. I've got two more actually off of that. Okay. I'll, I can go. <clears throat> um, the Steelers are also a fraudulent team. Um, they win this week, right? Um, ugly. Very ugly win. Um what a game. I actually have two crap. two things in here as my takeaways. First thing is that the Ravens need hand replacement surgery for their entire skill position group. Lamar did not lose them that game. He put the ball in their hands 10 different times and they dropped all 10 of them. 3 of them would have been touchdowns. With the that that last pick wasn't good. With that, the exception the pick was bad, but there was also a throw Lamar had two Zay Flowers over the middle that if he just hit him, the game's over. And he threw it behind him. And Zay Flowers almost almost looked like he had a career-ending leg injury trying to get Oof. that. That's the only thing I would say. That and the pick were yeah. – other than that, you're no, right. He, the Ravens receivers did not He for sure – Those two throws. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying is if the, the receivers and the tight ends don't drop those passes throughout the entire game, they're not put in that position um, in the first place. And they're probably up 24 to 10. Um, in the fourth quarter 
Um, yep. But I do agree those there were definitely some plays that didn't look like, you know, prime quarterback, but like a lot of those plays could have been touchdowns. Like I'm pretty sure three of them were in the end zone that should have been mm-hmm. caught and weren't. And one of them was Aguilar streaking down the sideline for a touchdown that hit him oh, right in terrible. the hands, just right it through his hands. hands. It's like he didn't even have his hands close enough together to catch a football. I don't get so, that. <laughs> so here, hold the hold the phone. The Aguilar experience. Hold on, hold on. Actually, so I was listening to Get Up this morning, and Rex Ryan brought this up because I didn't see it before the game. I guess the wide receiver coach had them catching rugby footballs before the game. Like they were catching rugby balls because he wanted to work on target area. So people, so if your hands are like this, but they're used to catching rugby balls for hours, maybe your hands yeah. go to this. And that's what happened. I'm not saying they're still professional. So I'm not trying to make it seem as if they couldn't adjust. But again, that. What, what are we doing? Why are we catching? A, I would have had him catch a smaller ball because like if I sure, can pinpoint yeah. this small ball, then this bigger one should, should be pretty simple. I'd probably like just have him make, catching footballs or just catch a football. <laughs> maybe that, that maybe that's weird to me, but I would just probably have him catching what they're going to catch in the game. But I mean, then you saw with Bateman and like they had their hands so wide mm-hmm. out. So like, is that what caused it a little bit? Like they're like, oh man, this rugby ball the is Aguilar, coming. It's just the Aguilar one. He looks like his hands are like six or seven inches apart, and you can't catch a football like that. They got to be like almost on each other. Like, so like, yeah, no. <laughs> that's so like that's just one of the weird things about that. But I absolutely agree with you. Lamar didn't make Lamar in the fourth. Has got to bring that home. Mm-hmm. But again, through 45 minutes, he did everything to bring it home, but his teammates weren't there. Yeah. Um, you have to put a little bit on him because he sure. – Obviously, you pay him that much money to make those plays, even if he has to do it with his legs, which is why he's so dynamic mm-hmm. and why you pay him that kind of money. So a little bit – it's definitely on him a little bit for that fourth quarter, but they shouldn't have been in the position anyway, so you can't kill him for it in my opinion. And then on the other side of the ball, the Steelers – um, big fourth and two play call, and they need this fourth um, to win the game. And obviously, they toss it to George Pickens streaking down the sideline. It was a nice play, really nice I called play. That, by the way, it was a very nice play. I, it was very nice, nice thrown ball. Pickens got open. Um, that they panned to the the booth that had all the offensive coordinators and assistants and up there, whatnot. They panned right to Matt Canada. And his face, no, no happiness, no cheering, no, oh my God, we just won this football game. Just blank stare. And when they interviewed Kenny Pickett afterwards, Kenny Pickett made it sound like they called a play to go for it on fourth and two and get the first down, not to get a touchdown. And Kenny Pickett checked out of it because they saw cover zero and they said, it's one-on-one, I'm taking a shot. And that's why that's why Matt Canada was mad, not happy about their touch their you know, fourth down conversion because he didn't call the play. And uh, that's just really sad. At one point, the assistant that's cheering because they're winning the game nudges Canada because they see him on the Jumbotron and they're like, you need to cheer because you're a part of this team that's winning this football game. And then Canada gets up and he's like, oh, yeah, woohoo. And he still doesn't even like cheer. (laughs) I don't. It was honestly so cringy to watch. I'm like, this is a problem. Last week, did you guys talk about the Matt Canada burner account? On Twitter? Not as much as we, we wanted to. You can bring it up if you want. <laughs> I have been just reading the replies 
it, that's clearly Matt Canada's account, like 100%. The only person he defends is Matt Canada. He will only <laughs> comment on things that say, like, fire Matt Canada or get him out of here. They need to call better plays, you know? It's, and it's the email just, that's linked to it. Yeah, the email that's linked to it is just, like, incriminating. I don't know, like, what the hell he was thinking <laughs> about if he did that. Unless somebody's, like, playing a ruse on him and they got him pretty good with it. Uh, but... So only other thing I could. Yeah, think of. it's just really, really crazy that like, of course they win the game on a play that he didn't call. You know that's just <laughs> so sad. That is hilarious. Um, uh, one of my takeaways, I'm going to piggyback off what Tim just said, is the AFC North in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ravens got to be kicking themselves. Uh, I love Lamar. He is one of. He's probably my favorite player in the league. Honestly, Lamar Jackson. And yes, we you're all correct about like the drops and everything, but he has to bring that game home. Yes. They've got to be kicking themselves. They so if they win that game, they are three and zero against the division on the road. Mm-hmm. That almost gives you the rest of the year. Honestly, that, that almost gives you the division. Uh and then now as we sit today, now the Steelers are on top of the division at three and two somehow, and they look far from the best team in the division. And uh, it's an arms race now. How's the worst team in the division, the best team in the division? Like, if you were to tell me to rank the teams right now, I would say they're the fourth. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're the And best. they're on top. And they're on the top. Like, they're on that's top just how the Ravens. Got the tiebreaker over the Ravens. Browns are sitting there at third off the bye week. And then the Bengals, who I'm sure we'll talk about, who looked great yesterday, who looked like they resurged. I don't know what Joe, Joe Burrow did to get that calf right. But that offense was all the but, way back. Jamar Chase was all the way back. I have no idea how the hell all of a sudden Burrow went from a calf strain to, you know, playing on a calf strain, which is already just risky in general. To mm-hmm. Now he's completely healthy. What did they inject him with? That's all I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. But that that was one of my takeaways, and I was going to piggyback off with that with the AFC North. So you just segued me into – he looked at least 90-plus percent healthy. And the thing about it was take out the yards – Two things that you really need to see. There were a few rollouts and a few escape. Like even one he got sacked on. He ducked. He like planted, did a little spin, got away from one, and they ended up getting sacked. And I was like, he would have two weeks ago. He just sees that first person and just kind of Tom Brady late career falls down. I'm just not going to take the hit. I'm just going to get touched down. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, is this Joe Burrow's looking looking good and then you knew it when you saw the 63 yard dot because that was a dot there was no ball had beautiful spin on it touch right over the shoulder and then that's what chase and that was probably the play chase was like yeah okay yeah that he's back (laughs) like that's my quarterback because obviously before even last week chase had a big day but he it was all underneath work it was all across the middle maybe 10 yards 12 yards and even to, during the day, it was kind of mostly underneath to the intermediate. And then that you hit the big one and you're like, okay, okay. And if that's how they're going to look with the Ravens losing, so now they're only a game back with the Steelers and the Steelers are the ones that are on top right now. They couldn't, for the way they started, the division couldn't have gone any better for them. Like realistically, obviously if every team was like one in four or whatever that, but realistically it could not have gone better, especially with the Ravens losing to the Colts and this game, which both they should, they should be five and zero right now. Mm-hmm. 
but they're not, and that's the NFL. So the Bengals are in a great spot for how bad they've played somehow. Not, I'm not going to say like, oh yeah, this is the Bengals team. That's the favorite. That was one of the preseason favorites. They still obviously got to prove it more than just 60 minutes against the Cardinals. Next week will be a good test. I know the Seahawks secondary can be had, but that's still an overall good team. Good coach and Pete Carroll. It's going to be a tough game. If they can go three and three into the bye and Burrow stays healthy, it's going to be looking good in Cincinnati for them. Absolutely. So big win and way to get on the ball. But you're good, Kyle. Yeah, it's crazy because you say, you know, the Ravens should be 5-0 and or there's a world where they're 5-0. and There's a world yeah. where the Bengals are 0-5. Uh, they got <laughs> yeah. out of that Rams. They got out of that Rams game barely alive, that Monday night game. And then yesterday, the Cardinals, they get that goal line stand. They're in business. They're competing well with the Bengals. And then Dobbs throws that pick six. Like, that was dangerous enough to throw. And then, you know, that's really what, I don't want to say sealed the game for the Bengals, but gave them their momentum going into the half that led to the, you know, Burrow to chase off the play action. So, yeah, there's a world where they're, if not 0-5, but certainly 1-4. Yeah, I was insane. After, those, after the yeah. Rams game and yesterday, because the Cardinals were right in that game. Up until that pick six, mm-hmm. you know, then obviously again the subsequent bomb from Burrow to Chase. So yeah, very interesting next week because that Seahawks that's a very even matchup given what we've seen from the Bengals. But if the Bengals are all the way back, they should win that game, especially at home. So I'm very intrigued by that matchup next week. The NF the AFC is a crapshoot right now. There is just two and three, three and two littered all over. Like the entire Mm -hmm. AFC South, the entire AFC North is. Then you have Broncos are just bad. And then you've got the uh, Raiders. We don't know what they'll be. They could be one of those two and three, three and two teams. The Chargers are. And then you got the Chiefs and you got the Dolphins who are four and one. But otherwise, really it is the Broncos and the Patriots are bad then everybody else is two and three, three and two. And like, you know, like they're not that there's great teams everywhere, but like everyone's just in that bubble. And then you have the two, one and four teams, the two, uh, four and one teams and the Raiders who are still an unknown at the moment. <sighs> uh, do you have anything else, Tim? Or cause I have one more before we get into real and fake and Kyle, actually Timmy has something he wanted to kind of debut on here too, that I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, I got one more, uh, one more if real or fake, if, unless you have nothing. Uh, I can just shotgun them. I do. Have, oh, go ahead, Kyle. I, no, all I was going to say is I do have one more, but I think, I think it'll come up in real or fake and we've kind of already touched on it. I just want to mention the lions, but I have a feeling that will come up. I just think they're a true contender. Um, that defenses look better than I thought. And they did what you're supposed to do when you face a lesser team and that's kill them. Don't even let them hang around. Just kill them. And they were out there having fun. They had that reverse flea flicker. Uh, we they saw seven hours later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, then the Niners. Niners did the same exact play. Um, yeah, but I that was literally one of my my bullets. Was uh, the Lions look better every single week? They put up forty two points. I get it. They're playing the Panthers. They're expected to win that game. They looked dominant on both sides of the field, and they did it without Amon Ra, and they did it without Jameer Gibbs. So um, that's mm-hmm. how you're supposed to win those, mm-hmm. though. And so that's what, like, you can get credit for those. Like, when you go into a lesser opponent, especially when you're at, at home and then you play down to their competition, that's not good. Like, you're supposed to blow out the Cardinals and you're supposed to 
run all over them and do what you do. They did that. You've got to give you them credit. at least win by 10 against those. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Teams. And at like, least. And that's the one thing the Cowboys have done. The teams that they should, I mean, other than the Cardinals, but like three of the teams that they should have blown out, they have blown them out. So that's why. And yeah, but well, anyways, um, I absolutely agree with you. I had here one of my bullets. Lions are in the second tier of the NFC with the Cowboys. Like it's Eagles, 49ers by themselves. They've kind of both ran away and hid with it. Like they're just playing like keep away right now. And then the Cowboys, and the Lions are there because, like, right now, they, if they played head-to-head, they're both dome teams, I I might go Lions just because of the camaraderie. that I think it would be a close game, and I trust Goff more late than I do Dak. And I the Lions know who they are. The Cowboys are trying to find who they are. The Lions know exactly who they are. Run first, play action pass, Aiden Hutchinson, B, Defensive Player of the Year material. My last bullet um, is just that I think in these last two weeks, I personally have seen enough from Justin Fields to think that he can be a quarterback in the NFL. Um, I know obviously he played the the Broncos. Most quarterbacks look pretty good against them, but the commanders are not an easy defense. Um, usually they're well coached. Um he at least puts enough confidence into me to like start him in fantasy maybe. Um, And I think that, you know, they're going to get closer to like five wins by the end, if they just keep playing the way they do. Um, And I can see it happening. I've got a point off of that, Kyle, but you can go first. Really all I have to say is a, it was the Broncos. Then B you're right. The commanders, they do have a better defense. But it was also a Thursday night game, and it was a pretty weird game. I'm not there yet on fields, but he did get to this point last year where he started off really ugly. Then the play calling kind of changed in his favor, and he looked better. Um, The accuracy still is not there consistently. But again, these last two weeks, he was far more accurate. The play calling was better. Uh, So the jury's still out for me on that as far as fields as a starting QB going into the future. I have written down here, Justin Fields is not the Bears franchise quarterback, but in there, in Justin Fields, there is a franchise guy. Will we get, will whoever gets him next get it out of him? That remains to be seen. I think, like we talk about Mac, because obviously Kyle on live take, and, uh, Kyle and I on live take, we did either Mac or Justin Fields for franchise guys. Um, with Mac, there's no longer to me I see anything franchise. I see an average quarterback who maybe can be a bridge quarterback, backup, uh, you guess, guy who can start and kind of show the ropes, be like a career, like kind of a journeyman. In fields, right now, I see a guy who has starter potential and possible franchise potential. But again, I'm not going to just say 120 minutes of football right now is going to make me completely change the mindset continue to keep doing this i don't think he is the bears free uh, franchise quarterback i do because i think you need like how burrow went to the Bengals. i think you need that kind of special instantly andrew luck to the colts or peyton manning even to the colts to change that franchise around especially offensively because they have never had a real real great quarterback but he in the right situation i think he could be kind of again we bring up his name a lot here Kirk cousins how he's been put in great situations and he has made the most out of what he can 
and a guy who starts every year. I think Fields could come become into that. Yeah, it's tough to tell. Um, oh, very much so. You did leave out. You said the Bears haven't had a great quarterback. They had Rex Grossman. So. <laughs> hey, last Bears quarterback to see a Super Bowl. So, I mean, sure. And they, and they did have Kyle Orton. So, I mean, that's Yeah, and Jay right Cutler. There. Oh, don't forget about Jay Cuddy. But, I mean, Jay Cutler was actually good, but, like, obviously not a great right, quarterback. Jay Cutler was our generation, or my generation's Jeff George. And now I'm wondering who that is going to be for this generation. The big arm quarterback with all the talent who never, ever gets there. Sorry, Wills. <laughs> um, oh, he's got he's to at least rise <laughs> to the uh, some no, occasion. No, Jay Cutler gave you enough. No, I, could be. I know. It could be. No, it won't be Herbert. Herbert already works harder than both of those guys, but it could be. I don't know who it would be. I'd have to I'd have to think on that, actually. Uh, looking at the teams right now, I don't see any. Looking at the quarterbacks right now, I don't see anybody who really fits exactly that billing. Honestly. Could be T-Law if he but, never lives up, but it's way too early in his career to even yeah. consider that. The only one I could think of would be Derek Carr, but he just, yeah. All right, so now I'm interested. We've got some – actually, Timmy, I want you to go first. I want you to bring up your quarterback thing first, and then I'll go into the real or fakes, and then we'll be done. Sure. Um, so basically I just have three sets of two quarterbacks. I'm going to list you off their stats, and then you got to tell me which quarterback you would rather have. Just which one you would rather have. I'll tell you who's who after, and you guys can take guesses if you think you know who's who. I think you'll get a couple like of them. But. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so QBA had 62.5% completion percentage, 1,045 passing yards, five touchdowns, three picks. QBB has a 61.8% completion percentage, 1,143 yards, 11 touchdowns, and five picks. This one, to me, sounds like a no-brainer, but obviously. So I'm going to go with B, but I have a feeling A is going to be more favorable than B. But just off hearing that, just off hearing the stats, not knowing anything, I would choose B. I have a feeling A is either uh, Derek Carr or Trevor Lawrence for some reason or someone like that. So A, I'm guessing, is Joe Burrow and B is Justin Fields. I'm going to take B, but A would be the choice if that is the case. You're completely correct. A is Joe Burrow and B is Justin Fields. Um. I would, I would absolutely take re- pro football reference page connoisseur <laughs> Keenan right there. Holy shit, you, you got him both. Uh, um, I would def- obviously you would take the eleven touchdowns to five picks. Clearly, um, the yards and the completion percentage are close. So really, it comes down to the fact that your five touchdowns to three picks are eleven to five. Uh, you're basically a one and a half, one point six seven to one, and then like a two point. Um, 2.2 to 1 yeah so of course you're gonna take that fields also has a rushing touchdown that i didn't put on there um and and which just helps a little bit yeah of course and he has more rushing yards than um i tried i tried to leave out rushing yards um just because i didn't want to like be like yeah obviously it's one of five quarterbacks if they've got yards so yeah let's just say they get over like 200 rushing yards a season already you're like okay it's Allen fields lamar yep 
Maybe Russ. Yeah. He's, who, maybe who, Russ. Maybe. He low-key has been looking like he can run lately. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I wanted to put Russ on here, but I kind of blanked on him because he's been actually playing pretty solid. Uh, yep. So. So he's been playing solid, but I would only agree with that running part because anytime he tries to escape, it looks like he's in quicksand. <laughs> and then he just gets sacked. He either gets sacked or tripped from behind or like that final play just gets stripped sacked from behind. It's almost sad watching him because it's like he tries to do all his, Old his signature stuff. moves, but he can't do them. But he is good enough to like move the ball and score here and there. But it's just all the athletic stuff that made him dangerous i guess that's his like mm-hmm. twitter handle or whatever uh seems like he can no longer yeah. do it but everything else like as far as throwing he's definitely looked better than last 100 percent. yeah he's playing much better than last year and the stats would show that he's been like a top 10 ish top 15 ish quarterback but when you actually watch the games and the situations he's been in and the fact that they're one in four you're like oh, yeah i don't know about that um all right going with the second all right round. so next round qba has a 72.1% completion percentage, 1,271 mm-hmm. yards, nine touchdowns, mm-hmm. and zero picks. QBB, 69.9%, 1,030 yards, four touchdowns, two picks, but this QB also has four rushing touchdowns. Mm. So eight, um, eight to two. Rich? Uh, no. Um, I can tell so you who they are, hurts. and I'm I'm gonna take the. Fr- I, that first one's always putting up great mm-hmm. stats. The first so one's Brock Purdy. First one is Brock Purdy. Ooh. First one is Brock Purdy. You're taking the first one, of course. Yep. It's not even a question. Like you're taking the first one. And did you say the second is Hurts? Nope. Mm-hmm. No, I was not saying oh, it's not. It's hurt. not Hurts. It's Lamar Jackson. Yep. But. That's why I was yeah. confused. I thought that was Lamar Jack. I guess I do decipher the stats page because <laughs> I. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're taking Brock Purdy any day of the week, mm-hmm. in the sense of what you're talking now, and he's been a better fourth quarter decision maker as of late. With Lam- I mean Lamar since 2021's leading in fourth quarter turnovers in like one score games, Ooh. so he's been putting the ball in harm's mm-hmm. way when he needs to not. So. When he when he needs to not so not that Lamar, again Lamar Lamar is, is... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. all right let's see if I can go six for six because I'm four for four right so now. I don't know right this is this is more impressive than the actual game itself <laughs> it's Keenan just knowing he just got the stats pulled up he's just like I I actually don't my hands have been here the whole time so this next this next one I think is the best one I had a different quarterback but I audibled and flexed it to a new one and it made it so much better um so QBA 66.8 percent completion 1,287 yards 10 touchdowns four picks QBB Mm -hmm. 69.8 percent completion 1,265 yards, nine touchdowns, three picks. Very, very close on all aspects. The first one's Patrick Mahomes. This is true. The first one's Patrick. Who's the second one? This is the one that I thought would stump you. Give me just a second. Give me just a second. Oh, boy. Oh, goodness gracious. Keenan's acting like he's got a million <laughs> Can I phone a friend? Can I hotline? Kirk Cousins. Nope. Dang. He goes he goes five five and one. Um would you take A or B though? 
I would you would lean B. You One less lean, pick and uh, you would, almost the same exact production. You would lean B. Hold, I'm gonna get one more guess in there in just a second, Kyle. Do you have a guess at all? I enjoy guessing these kind of uh, things. Is it golf? It is Jared Goff. That would have been my second guess. <laughs> Good job, Kyle. I personally, what, I, what I've taken away from this is that we, I would take Fields over everybody, apparently, and I don't even think Fields <laughs> is a QB. He had, he had the best stats out of all of them by the sounds. So. Other than Purdy, but yeah. Yeah, Purdy's been solid. Yeah, other than Purdy. I had, instead of Goff Purdy, there, I had Purdy's, I had Tua, and that was just like... Yeah, dude, see, uh, Tua was blowing to my mind. Actually, Kirk Cousins is 67% completions, 1,498 yards, 13 touchdowns to four passes. I should have put him with Tua, and that would have been a good yes. Because they're like so very So, apparently... Yeah, so God dog it. I want to go six for six. <laughs> at least Purdy's on at least Purdy's on GOAT trajectory. He could like end his career like sixty eight and two. Something like he that. Abs- he absolutely <laughs> He like, just stays with Shanahan. He's good. <laughs> like you honestly you couldn't could start a career better. Yeah. You could blindfold him, it just doesn't matter. He just got up. He just has to know which way the, to turn and hand the ball off and which side to throw it to, and he's fine. <laughs> That was good. I'm actually. I'm glad. Like, Maybe you have to do running like back it. soon. Yeah, we do. Try to guess exactly. Running backs, wide receivers, back. all. Of them. Wide receivers would be interesting I, because, like, go, go. those numbers would be close. Yeah, I think the best one would be tight end because this year the tight end landscape is completely backwards. All the guys that are normally like one through five are like six through ten, and then there's a bunch of rookies. And then, and then it's Sam Laporte. Yeah, and then <laughs> it's just like crazy. Like Jonu Smith is in there, and it's like. Yeah. What is going on? You put Jonu Smith and Kyle Pitts numbers right next to each other. Yeah, exactly. You have to pick between the two. (laughs) All right. Kyle Pitts. So, I like that. I like that a lot. So, real or fake? We know what it is. For people who didn't see the first real or fake, I'm going to provide a statement. And... Timmy, myself, Kyle are going to say if that's a real statement or we believe that's a fake statement. So, real or fake, the 49ers have the best offense in the league. Go ahead, Tim. It's really close. If you had said top three, I'm smashing yes. And I think I'm going to say yes. And for one reason primarily, right, and I've noticed it every single week, Camden Dennis, shout out to Camden, drafted the 49ers offense this year. He has CMC, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle on his team, and not once has that hurt him. And, like, Kittle hasn't even been playing that good. Those three positions have just been dominating. And then Debo's had good games. I think if any team is going to be able to put up 30 points on any team in the league, it is the 49ers. We just saw that the – the Dolphins couldn't do it on the Bills. They gave them problems. I don't think the 49ers will have those problems. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that's true. That's real. That's real. Okay, Kyle, how about you? Completely agree. Nobody's going to stop this Niners offense unless Purdy tears his UCL again. Uh, really, the only defense I think can match up with it is the Eagles defense. I mean, they just shredded the Cowboys last night. And Trayvon Diggs isn't changing that because that's really all they were missing last night. So – yeah. yeah, no, this Niners offense is absolutely – they got an embarrassment of riches. They play in rhythm all the time. Uh, as I mentioned last night on Lab Take, 
it just seems like someone's always open six to eight yards down the field. So, yeah, there's always someone open. Then you got CMC who, like, if you just take McCaffrey out of this offense, it's still an elite offense. They're still uh, yeah. putting a number on teams. And then you just add McCaffrey to it. It makes them unfair. So, yeah, I would have them over the Dolphins as of right now. Yeah, so it's between the Dolphins and the 49ers, and I agree with both of you. I think that's the 49ers. I think the I think the um Dolphins have the highest ceiling. They can get 70. I don't I mean the 49ers if they went for it maybe, but the explosiveness and the quickness and the pace at which the Dolphins can score make them a little bit more potent. Kyle, I'll compare it to basketball a little bit. Curry's the best shooter of all time. I think Clay can get just a hair hotter than Curry. That's the 13 for 13, nine threes. And it's like peak Clay can get a touch harder than Curry. And I think that is kind of where the Dolphins, I think, get a touch hotter than the, the 49ers. But the 49ers have been, I think, 30, 30, 34, and uh, 42 this year. And the Dolphins have been 38, 25, 70, 20, and then I think 38 last, yesterday, if I'm wrong. But somewhere around there. So they've been up and down more, and obviously that 70 points is going to skew your average, especially through five games because it is 20% of it. But when you compare best players, Tyreek Hill and Chris McCaffrey there, and then afterwards, Waddle is not Debo. And then obviously you got – or A-Shane is probably, if you want to say Debo, I say Debo a little bit, then Ayuk and Waddle. I just think there's more talent on this 49ers team, and they have a better offensive line. They have a Hall of Famer in Trent Williams, and that, and that just trickles down the line. So I'd go with the Niners as well. Okay. And Mike McDaniel is a Kyle Shanahan protege, so it's like Niners yeah. either way, honestly, if you look at it. Yeah, um, and Mike McDaniel's probably top, top five undefinitely, but top three probably offensive coordinator, like offensive play caller. Mm-hmm. Be with Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. Some people might throw McVay in there. Um, there might be someone else that I'm getting. I know LaFleur is really good himself as well, so that might be another one that you would throw in there. But he's up in that upper echelon, but right now I would give it to the 49ers. So I'll go again. Real or fake? The Cowboys need a franchise quarterback. Oh, that's real. Kyle, you go first that's then. Real. Just keep going. Yeah, I mean, I think I already said it. I mean, yeah, you kind of did. I don't so. ever, I don't ever see a world where, unless, again, unless the Niners and Eagles have major injuries, I don't see Dak going head to head with these guys. I really don't. Do you see? Let's say, let's say the Cowboys. It's let's say it's the Cowboys and Chiefs this year, or the Cowboys and Bengals. Those are your two Super Bowl matchups I present you, or even the Bills. I give you all three of those. Do you see Dak really going head to head with Josh Allen, going head to head with Burrow, going head to head with Mahomes? Uh, I don't know if it goes head to head with Tua. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I've just seen so much regression from Dak because again, there was a there was a point where he was at least dependable, never Mm -hmm. explosive, but he did did seem like he could at least dink and dunk you to death and then hit you with a big one. Does not seem that way. Uh, He just he he himself doesn't seem confident in the pocket. He just seems listless back there i can i always this sounds silly but i always judge like if i'm betting a game and then uh you know let's say i just catch it in the second quarter or late in the first quarter or something like that i can always tell how a quarterback's feeling just how he's dropping back 
That's why, like, in that Giants-Cardinals game, when jo- when Dobbs was dropping back and he just looked confident, I'm like, shit, like, this might be a problem. He looks like he has a, a handle on this offense. Dak does mm-hmm. not look that way. He just looks completely unconfident anytime he drops back. Robotic. And, uh, yeah, he just doesn't seem like he has command. Whereas you see Purdy, he just – I never think he's throwing a pick. I never think he's making a bad decision. Um if you had no idea who he was, and you just if you had no idea of anything else but this 2023 season, like you had to decipher some things, you'd be like, okay, that Mahomes guy has a super nice arm. Be like, that Josh Allen guy is super athletic. Oh, this Lamar guy can really run. And you'd be like, this Brock Purdy guy just does everything very well. Like he can move a little bit. He's making all the right throws, all the right reads. He's not making mistakes. He looks like a top five quarterback. Not that he is, because obviously you need a body of work, but like he's really shown. Like, I mean, this is about his whole career. He's shown that, but I mean, that takes away from the Cowboys aspect of it. Timmy, the Cowboys aspect, obviously, is Dak. Do the Cowboys need a franchise quarterback? Is that real or is that fake? Uh, I think you have to say it's real, even if you're in category like team fake. You have to at least think that Cowboys need a new franchise quarterback, you know? Like, even if you think he is a franchise quarterback, he's not the one that's going to win the Cowboys. He's not going to the one that's going to, like, bring them to a Super Bowl, you know, to the motherland. Um, Would you trade Fields for Dak? If I'm who? If I'm the Cowboys or if I'm the Bears? Either team. Either team. Talk from either perspective. I'm just interested. Just because we're talking about – I said that – Fields might not be his franchise quarterback on that, but go on. I wouldn't do that if I was the Bears, and I wouldn't do that if I was the Cowboys. Not to step on Tim, but just to quickly answer that, no, no to either. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I would do it either. Um, I think Fields has just such a higher ceiling that you know the Bears. I don't think would agree to it at this point, especially because the Bears aren't really going for anything. If you were Jerry Jones, would you do it? I would be intrigued. The, I just – they both play like garbage sometimes, and it's so hard now. That's a really good question. Um, the the interesting thing with Dak to me, as I mentioned, like coaching such an important part of football, and we mentioned this a lot last year, like Sean Payton to the Cowboys had been a rumor like when Sean Payton was in the prime with, his, with the Saints, you know what I mean? Like it's yep. always been a rumor because of his history there being a coordinator and such. And it just seemed like that was either like them or the Chargers were the likely destination. Then the Broncos threw the bag at him. So I do wonder, like, had Sean Payton stayed this year out, let's say McCarthy gets fired after the year and they hire Sean Payton, I do wonder what that partnership looks like. Because um, say what you will, that team looks awful. The Broncos look awful. But there has been, as we mentioned, some rust resurgence. So there's something there. So I do wonder what that would look like. Or in general, Dak Prescott with a quote-unquote offensive genius. I think you would get the most out of him. But he's just looks so average in every aspect, Keenan. I just don't like you said, like he looked at least game managerish and you know would use his legs and would be creative. We're seeing none of that. And part of that could be the OC. A lot of that could be Dak though. Um, so kind of like what I was saying about Mac Jones earlier and, and the Patriots play calling. It's hard to decipher which is which. Are they is the play calling so average because of Dak? Is Dak limited? Or is Dak just kind of losing his confidence and you know doesn't he doesn't feel like the same quarterback and so his play regresses i don't know it's very hard to tell with him but i think we all agree he has more or at mm-hmm. one point had more more ability but 
He just seems like an average quarterback right now. He just seems like just a guy. Uh, Timmy, did you have anything more to add before I answer that? Um, yes, I just wanted to say that Go on. Dak's first year and even like his second year in the league, right, is when we really saw those like big plays. Like you brought up the, the Packers-Cowboys game. Um, that was like a big shootout. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the Cowboys haven't won many shootouts where then after the game – the big stat line or the big like media line was Dak Prescott blows up, you know, throws for four touchdowns and 400 yards and just leads them to a win. It's always like this Cowboys defense is incredible or their mm-hmm. running back combo went for three touchdowns. And, you know, it's never been Dak. Um, so I would say he's not their franchise quarterback. They need a new one. Um, so definitely fake or definitely. So- it's real, real that real. they need a new. Yes. Okay, he is fake. So <laughs> three, <laughs> he's fake. So he's three. Phony. So I'm gonna answer three things. I'm gonna quickly answer the trade. I would do it if I'm the Cowboys. I would not do it if I'm the Bears because I feel like with the Bears, I know the commodity I'm getting, and we have a lesser talented roster, and I'm going to get a guy who is on a more talented roster who's not doing it. If I'm the Cowboys, I would not say I know exactly what I'm getting with Dak and I don't know what the promised land is there. But with Justin Fields, there has been shown promise and we're going to provide a much better line, much better weapons, and a much better defense with more competency in the front offense. So I would say let's take a chance and let's see if it could happen because we already know what we have isn't what we want. Yes, the Cowboys need a franchise quarterback, and I believe, and I don't like. I believe that Dak is a starting quarterback in the NFL. None of us would say he's not. Like he shouldn't be a career backup or a bench player or anything like that. Obviously, when we say franchise guy, we mean a guy who can lead teams to the playoffs, deep playoff runs, championships, and so forth. And with Dak, it's hard because I guess he would just need even more of a perfect situation. Like I guess. They would just be the play caller, but Kellen Moore is a good play caller. He had Kellen Moore, Tony Pollard, and Zeke last year. This year, Tony Pollard, he's got CeeDee Lamb. He had Michael Gallup last year with Dalton Schultz. This year, he's got CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Brandon (coughs) Cooks. Ferguson hasn't looked bad at tight end, even though he's young. This was the first game ever that all five of their starting starting linemen have been together. Tyron, Tyler, Zach Martin. So like, and then defensively, you've got Michael Parsons, who, who is someone who can obviously take the ball away. Obviously, they're missing Trayvon Diggs, but Bland has been playing very well. Everyone's been leading the league in interceptions since he's gotten to the league. Stephon Gilmore has maybe not defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore, but he's still really good. Leighton Van Der Esch has been playing pretty solid. Demarcus Lawrence. So I say that to say that he's in. You can't really pick a better situation in football if you took out. If you took out each quarterback and you're like, hey, pick a team that you want to be on, 49ers would be one. The Dolphins would be two just because of how explosive they are. Eagles probably three. Dallas four. They're top five. Maybe like maybe the Bills. I know because James Cook has definitely progressed. And obviously you have Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. Like, there's a couple other teams out there, but they're probably in your top five. So... It's hard to say unless the play caller means that much to Dak or he needs to be on a team where he really, really can't. Like, he just has to not do much. 
he's which not is someone real... who he's not someone who makes the guys around him better. Yes, that's what it comes to at the end of the day. Um, and I think Goff and, has to you know, be better than him. I know I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I know you just had mentioned it before, but I'm still thinking. Like Goff took his team to the play, like to the Super Bowl, and made plays in that game, especially late. I understand that was Nicole Roby Coleman, so that shouldn't have, like obviously. But in the overtime, Drew Brees threw a pick. Jared Goff first down with his legs, got him in field goal position for Greg Zerline to kick it. Like it's the same kind of situation. You had Todd Gurley, you had talented wide receivers, you had a great defense. But at least he got him there, and then they just ran into Bill Belichick's defensive mind and Tom Brady, who just did enough. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, like I said, Dax regressed. Uh, if you're the Cowboys, yesterday was supposed to be as healthy as the line's been in, what, like a year and a half, two years? And, yeah. you know, it healthy as it's ever been. It didn't matter. And the reason why the Cowboys were, like, always third and fourth in odds excuse me, for the Super Bowl this year is because all the talent on their team. Mm-hmm. Dak's without a doubt holding them back. It's as simple as that, really. So it's yep. just interesting how this year is going to progress with them. It is. All right. So that was two. I've got I've got two more and then one that I'm debating on, but I got two more. Real or fake, Zach Wilson's better than Mac Jones. Go ahead, Tim. I don't want to. This is a. <laughs> You're asking me to choose between dog shit and cow exactly. shit? Exactly. Like, Zach Wilson's better than Mac Jones. You tell me. Over the last two weeks, yeah. Given their whole career, no. I mean, Zach Wilson looked like one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen up until literally these last two weeks. And one of those games was against the Broncos. And one of those games. They were down 17 to the Chiefs, and I'm not sure how they got back in it. Um, you know, if the, if everything progresses the way it has been, again, these last two weeks, sure. Uh, I'm not ready to go all the way there. But, yeah, without a doubt, that Chiefs game and the Broncos game, Sacks looks better. But every other game of their career, I mean, look, Max been to the playoffs mm-hmm. in his rookie year. We can't say that. Zach, up until these last two weeks, has looked – the very definition of a bust. I just hope that Mac Jones isn't Tyreek Evans, which is his best year as his rookie year. But Timmy, you can answer the question. Shout out to Tyreek Evans. <clears throat> I think it's just the line is so close. I like they're one hundred percent in the exact same tier of quarterback, um, and it might just be those two guys in that tier. Um, I think I would take Mac over Zach. Um, Mac actually looks solid. Yeah, he looks solid against Philadelphia, and then he looked decent against Miami. Of course, he's had some pretty poor weeks going forward, whereas, like, Zach had a good week, granted, and it wasn't even that good of a week against the Broncos. Um, that was kind of Brees Hall putting the team on his back. and He played game He played game manager well. Yeah, and then, like like That's you said, he definitely had a good game against the Chiefs, um, which was pretty surprising to see. Um, they're just both... <sighs> a lot surprising. So... Mediocre. Sad. Yeah. It's just sad. Like, <laughs> yeah, Okay, so... So I'm gonna help you speak here because okay. I know you're lost for words, and I I'm can't saying I'm saying fake. I'm saying fake. Fake. Okay. 
The idea oh, yeah. that fake, I forgot to say that fake. Yeah, fake Kyle, fake Timmy fake. The idea that I'm having this conversation with you guys and it wasn't a 15 second answer is making this real for me. There is no reason why Mac Jones should be in the Zach Wilson conversation. And at this moment in time, somehow Zach Wilson has more confidence than Mac Jones. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it's happened, but he somehow has more confidence and the offense has more belief in him. So, honestly, throughout the career, you would have to take Mac Jones, but since we're going right now today, moving forward, I would have to take Zach Wilson because I believe the entire New York Jets believe in him way more than the Patriots believe in Mac, and that's going to make him be better. But again, I am choosing between bad and bad. So, like... That's a lot to say because, again, we're going off two weeks for Zach Wilson. Garrett Wilson was openly throwing him out of the bus last year to the media. There but was at one least game. Robert Sala's, like, really <laughs> behind him, and they're looking like – And it might cost him his job. Yeah, It might. And real. Bill Belichick's – I mean, Bill Belichick's, like, behind Mac, but really just, like, Mac's going to be our guy moving forward. <laughs> yeah, that was a good second. <laughs> that was actually really, but, uh, really accurate. That's, uh, that's no, there's just too much with Zach Wilson for me to say no. Otherwise, you're completely correct. It's 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 a it's a wash I, at this point. Zach and Mac enough. are two of the they're two of the most sad quarterbacks in the league. Zachy and McCorkle. That the draft sweet, class in general is pretty sad. Um, the sweet so, life of Zach and Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, was de- and, that was a depressing question. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. I'm so I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So, and then this one, I've just got to ask right now. I need to feel, I need to see what, this is more of a Timmy question and then seeing how Kyle reacts to it. Today is Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is not a top five coach right now, real or fake? Real. I think to be considered a top five, you're saying active top five coach in the league. Active today, right now, nothing in the past, like not all time, like right that's, now today. That's real, 100%. Uh, they haven't adjusted with the times. You could even say in the last five years, is he a top five coach? And I would probably still say uh, no. I'd say he's, he's falling out of there. I think most of these coaches that are coming out of the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan systems are just more innovative more offensive minded, more able to win games. Um, and that hasn't really been something that we've seen from Bill, especially this year, um, being the innovative one. Um, so I would say no, not top five, just because to be top five, you got to show me that every year that you're there. Um, and he's also their GM. So he has to like take responsibility for this roster and everything. So. Okay. Uh, Kyle, how about you? I was just thinking, like, when he said that, that he's a GM. Like, if Belichick held a press conference firing himself <laughs> at the end of the year, but he's just stayed on it as GM. We're going to be letting go of Bill Belichick as a GM. We're going to be making a head coach change in the next week. We're going to be making a head coach change here in New England. Um, we're going to be talking about like head coach is now William. Head coach is now William Belichick. <laughs> or it's his son. He just, <laughs> just keeps it. <laughs> Uh, no, just him. Just him. Just changing his name from Bill to William. Yeah, that going to Willie. Uh, that would be funny. Um, no, I mean, Tim's 100% correct. He 
So he's fake. Real so it's fake. Would be the answer. Or real, sorry, real, no, yeah. Re- real, yeah. He's not a top five coach right now. No. Uh, what I would say is I thought he was very much like Vrabel where it's like it doesn't matter who he's, who's on his roster. He's still going to coach them to the best of his ability and they're going to rise above. I mean, this is still a coach who went – this is years ago, but he went 11-5 and five with Castle. Um, God, he was – that year Tom was out, he managed to go 3-1 and one with Jacoby and Jim Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. Jimmy G. Um, even after Brady left, right? Like that roster wasn't great in 2019. They went 11-5, and five, I believe. That 2020 yeah. year I've talked about a lot. There was not a lot of defensive starters. There, we had the most starters that sat out in general off our team. And they went seven and nine with, you know, the body of Cam Newton, the corpse mm-hmm. of Cam Newton. Uh, the next year with the rookie quarterback, they made it to the playoffs. And last year, we could do nothing but trash Matt Patricia. And uh, look, that ra- <laughs> go back to it, that Raiders game and then the Bengals game on Christmas Eve, back to back. Those games just go any differently with those plays. They just go to overtime. Jacoby doesn't just throw the ball to the team he's on now, ironically. And, uh, you know, Ramondre doesn't fumble. They're in the playoffs last year. And, uh, yeah, I, it's just weird how much the fall off has come, and he looks terrible now. But, again, yeah. they do have one of the toughest schedules in the league. But I would agree he's not top five. And you could even argue he's not top ten. Uh, but there, there is a lot of season left. I am going to give him some benefit of the doubt of and course. see what he can do to at least make them competitive. I don't care if they win a game the rest of the year. I just want them to not be listless, not be dead on arrival like they were the last two weeks. Fair um, enough. So, yeah, so that's where I'm at. But completely real that he's not a top five coach at this moment today. 100% real, not top five. I'm about to figure out if he's top 10. So That's where I was, top I was five. debating it when you said that. I was like, I might not even put him top 10. I put some coaches in parentheses of the ones that I would consider the best in the league. If I missed one, just check me on it. I didn't put Sean McDermott in there, so like he's another one who possibly could be there as well for the list I have. But Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, Nick Sirianni. Those are Andy Reid and then four of the newer guys, I would say right now are all better than Bill Belichick. So now we're going to go with kind of the older guys. Pete Carroll, Doug Peterson, Mike Vrabel, and then it comes to John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin. Are you taking Bill Belichick over John Harbaugh or Mike Tomlin right now? Over Tomlin, I think I would. Depend, it all depends on the personnel. Okay, like as that's a debate, so uh, I'm just checking. I mean, honestly, Vrabel, Vrabel and uh, who was the other one you mentioned? Uh, there was Vrabel, Pete Carroll, Doug Peterson. Yeah, Vrabel and Peterson, they're almost kind of newer coaches, so it's kind of hard to put them in with a younger. But it, just in that class, him, Carroll, Tomlin, and Harbaugh, guys yeah. who've really been around like 10, 12-plus years. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh kind of looks like the cream of the mm-hmm. crop there out of that. Uh, Tomlin, I think Steelers fans would have a lot of the same complaints about Tomlin that Pats fans do about Belichick, but there's been mm-hmm. some Pats fans who've been screaming fire Belichick since Brady left. So, but this is the first year where it's definitely warranted where I can't argue with anybody. If they say, you know, it's time for a change in new England. Can't argue that. So 
Do I have to? I think I would take Sean McDermott at this point over him too. So I I, don't, I know you didn't have him in the 10, but even if we're taking him over Tomlin, I would take McDermott over both and, those guys. And there's yeah. one more that I didn't mention yet, and it's Matt LaFleur. True. And Matt, because Matt LaFleur, obviously with Aaron Rodgers, he's still doing a pretty good job right now in Green Bay, and they're really trying to figure out with a new quarterback. Aaron Jones has been out. Uh, Christian Watson's been out. So they've been working, and I would – I would there's a definitive eight I would take right now over him. It's kind of like quarterbacks. There's a definitive like eight I'm taking over him right now, and then he might he's in the crop with like nine to thirteen. Where it depends That's on the fair. given day. That's so fair. like he might not be a top ten coach right now. He's most certainly not a top five coach, and that's okay. Again, as it's okay for People, players to fall off. We saw Peyton Manning fall off. Tom Brady, I mean, Tom Brady didn't really fall off, but obviously we saw him get worse than how he was. LeBron's not the same player he was 10 years ago. It's, it's okay. So I understand it's coaching, but it's okay to not be the same. Greg Popovich is not as sharp. Like, it happens. Obviously, Greg Popovich hasn't had the much, as most talent there either in San Antonio, but, like, it's not as sharp. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fine. New coaches come in. <clears throat> new ops, New things happen. We'll see how pop is this year, obviously with Wemby. But I got a, I have a question for you. You, yeah, like you him. put Mike McDaniel's in there, right? Over him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Would you take Dan Campbell over him? I think Listen, I would. Right, I think I would too, and it has nothing to do with I think like he's an X's and O's better guy. Mm-hmm. But at least I know my team's going to be prepared and ready to play. And I can't believe I'm saying that about a Bill Belichick team. That's a disappointing part. That, that, that I, at least I know they should at least be prepared to play. At, at least he's. If you would have asked me this literally two weeks ago to the day, I would say absolutely not. Yeah. But you can't lose back to back games like that and it not count for anything. Mm-hmm. It, That's forty percent of your season, and you've looked like dog. And water. you were at home. That's like you got to score points at home against New Orleans. <laughs> A team against New Orleans. They have given them fits. I feel like in the last few years, but I like, don't care if they've never given... this bad. He got out coached by Dennis Listen. Allen at home. Yeah, and shut out by Dennis Allen at home. That's <laughs> Dennis Allen. Absolutely Are you kidding me, Dennis Allen? He's dropping thirty four on your head, Dennis Allen. Oh my god! He gave you I a will say twenty general, piece, a ten piece, and some fries on. Like, what are I will say, in general, McDermott's got to be in the top 10 coaches. He's been nothing but successful. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know what the record is now, but I remember I looked at one point last year, and him and Sean McVay had an identical record. Like, sit, had yeah, came into the league at the same time, fair. and they had the identical record. Obviously, McVay's got the ring, but McDermott's got to be up there, too. No, that's very fair. He he definitely deserves to be within the crop I just listed. I just didn't. I just hadn't had his name written down. And then I looked up. I saw the bills. And I was like, oh, McDermott mm-hmm. should probably be in this list as well. But What's yeah, the no, final I honestly think. Oh, my fault. Um, I was, about no, 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 no. I was gonna say honestly. I just think that Dan Campbell has to be because again, at least I know my team's coming in. We're going for kneecaps. We're going to be in fun. We're going to have a lively personality, and like it's going to be great. So the last one is an interesting question. So you have to think of that's something you kind of have to think about. 
And, and to face, you want to instantly say fake. Lamar Jackson is not elite. Real or fake? The last two years for Lamar, to me, have been disappointing. Um, I guess it's mainly just me looking at, like, the box score and just looking at his stats, you know, not seeing him drop 40 in fantasy every week, and I'm disappointed. Um, But he definitely, for, like, most of the games last season, didn't look like he should be the highest-paid quarterback. So when he was having these disputes – I wasn't really on Team Lamar on, like, pay him the bag, but, like, definitely give him a bag. Um, I would still probably consider him elite, top 10, if that's where we draw the line on elite. Where do you want to draw it? Like, six? So that's so that's the interesting I'd thing. I'd say elite would is... be top eight. Top eight? Top six. Elite top... would all, be top it's all eight? Kind of league, it's all kind of league dependent. It's all kind of league dependent. Cause, right, because there was probably a time where there was like eight elite quarterbacks. Now yeah. I don't think you can exactly say that. There's probably like maybe six. It all depends. And where your here's the is. thing: it, is there six? Like, so here's the thing: like, I think there are three true elites. One going to be three in like, and two in conversation. Like, so Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen are your three elites. I don't think you, even with Allen's fluctuating, wanting to be whatever he is, when he is on and locked, I think those are three elite quarterbacks. I don't think you can say anything about that. I think Hertz is definitely, like, right there. It just depends on how small your elite group is and what, like, what elite means to you. Because, like, someone could say Hertz is elite and I wouldn't, wouldn't bat an eye. But for how I would have it, it's like those three, not in, like, but those three are, like, your elite elites. Hertz is like right there. And then I would have Lamar, Herbert, Tua, and then like do you guys are a little lower on him than I am, but Trevor Lawrence would be in that conversation and like Matt Stafford. Like that would be like kind of where I'd have Lamar right now. So I would have him on the outside of the true elites, which would mean I'll give Hertz the nod. That would mean we only have four truly elite quarterbacks. We have about eight to nine great ones, a few very goods, and then it's just solid play or young guys who are developing or something like that. But So the question is, is or is not? What's the question again? Uh, Lamar Jackson is not elite, real or fake? I would say that's fake. And you're going to say real? I'm going to say real. I think he does just barely fall outside of the elite category. Just to the point where, like, he used to be so deadly with his legs, and now obviously he's still deadly, but he's not like deadly. You know, he's not going to run for two hundred on you anymore. I just don't feel like that's really in the range of outcomes anymore. And then passing wise, we've seen too many like hundred and eighty yard games, and not enough like two hundred and eighty yard games anymore. So I'm going to say he falls just outside of the elite, but still a great quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, and a great uh, Kyle. What were you saying? I'm a- so I'm going to say fake, and I'm going to lay out a couple reasons why you could lean on Tim's side, though. Ken, you'll appreciate this given mm-hmm. the pro reference, pro football reference page connoisseur that you are. But if you look at his MVP yeah. season, it looks nothing like any of his other seasons. If you look, just took stats, nope. all of his other seasons make him look like an average quarterback, like what we're talking about with Dakota Prescott, right? Um, 
Now, you mentioned the elite quarterbacks, especially the Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, all them guys, Hurts. Do I think in a hypothetical situation, given against any one of those teams, could Lamar win a big game on the road against them? I do. I do. Do I think uh, Lamar could lead his team to a Super Bowl as constructed right now? I do. Uh, Ravens fans will tell you, much like how they are with the Steelers, they hated the OC that was there the last couple of years. They feel vastly more confident in the OC he has right now. Um, God, I mean, shit, if they just win that game yesterday, which, again, as we said, Lamar had some part to do with that. You could put on the receivers, but mm-hmm. Lamar, ultimately, you can't throw that pick at the end. Um, but if they just win that game yesterday, they're 3-0 and on the road in division. That's elite quarterback stuff. And I hate playing this game of, yep. okay, if you put such and such and such and such offense, I hate playing that game. But if you put him in the Philly offense in the Hurts role, I think they're just a little more explosive. Uh, you know, Hurts has improved a lot in the pocket, as has, as has Lamar. But, man, you put him in with that offensive line and his running ability, <laughs> he would put up some scary numbers. And he still has the ability to. I mean, we could – it might not look like it now, but there could be a point in the season where Lamar has an insane four-game stretch, and he's right there in that MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and Tim's a completely right. He does have these ugly-ass games here and there where it's just like, you know, 15 for 27, 180 yards, 185 yards. Like, he doesn't even get to 200, but that's a lot of the norm we're seeing in general across the league. You're not seeing as many 300, even 400 yard games from a lot of these quarterbacks so i think the elite pool is small i think there's five to six quarterbacks that truly matter and lamar would be in that group for me um okay and again i think i think all the guys you mentioned they might be better but i do think lamar could go head-to-head with them beat them even on the road uh, and again football's not quarterback versus quarterback as we know but lamar compared to a lot of these guys i think he can absolutely go win a game for you hypothetically, an AFC championship game on the road, and that's elite. So, I agree, and a little... I think my... Right now, what my definition of elite is, I think it's just a little bit more confined. And so, I so if you're... Because your top six, Kyle, is you're pretty much elite quarterbacks, so I would agree with that, because I have Lamar right now at six. I think five or six right now would be between, like, him and Herbert. But, um... So I have him right there. I'm going to say it's real, and I think he's right on the cusp of it. Like, I think he's he's someone who almost, like, by, like, four games, like, tips in and out of it. Like, he's, like, right there, like, right on the line. And the thing is, like, when you're right, if you – it was, like, 36 touchdowns or 35 touchdowns and nine picks. He led the league in touchdowns that year. He also obviously did it on the, on the ground with his legs. Reminds you a lot of that Cam Newton, 35 touchdowns, 10 picks, 10 rushing touchdowns, 15 and one. Panthers team that got they got to the Super Bowl and lost. The Ravens obviously lost to the Titans. It reminds you a lot of that. And then if you take out obviously those two best seasons, Cam was more turnover prone, but it's not that. He has not really been that ever again. Like Cam's had stretches, Lamar's had stretches. They're both two insanely athletic guys who on any given day can beat someone. Cause I would say the same thing about cam Kyle that you just said, 
in Cam's like heyday, like when he was putting up numbers, I would say that he could go into another opponent's building and rise to the occasion and beat whoever. Like I think he could have went into New Orleans and beat Drew Brees. Go into Russell Wilson's house and go beat Russell Wilson. We know how hard it is to play in Seattle. And I would say Lamar is in that same belt, so he's like right on the line for me. He's right. He is like, yeah. If you go for it, difference with Cam. Cam missed the playoffs quite a bit with the Panthers, at least on the other years in his prime. Whereas Lamar, they're in position every year to win that division. Lamar's certainly improved in the pocket. Lamar's without a doubt from year one to now improved in the pocket. Uh, and again, I mean, a lot of these guys, like the conversation with like Joe Flacco and Eli at one point in time, whether they were elite or not, it had to do with either stats or them winning games on the road. Lamar can win games on the road. It was I big Super Bowl guys, runs without, for them. You guys, for sure, they eventually got there. And, you know, Eli and both of their careers are, you know, different. You know, they they can be explosive. Whereas Lamar has shown his explosion, his talent, uh, his consistency. You know, he doesn't throw games away quite as often as those two. Uh, you guys, without blinking, each said, yes, he could win on the road against the, the elite quarterbacks and the elite teams. In the league. Um, that's not something we were saying about Eli or Flacco until they actually did it. He hasn't even gotten that far yet. And we all agree he's got that ability. So he's got to be in the elite and he's got an MVP already. MVP of elite. I was going to say so. We're some removed from it. I, I, say, I agree. We're removed from it quite a bit. It's been four years now, but give it time. Give it time. I think we all agree that they're going to be there, barring injury with Lamar. They're going to be there at the end of the year. They're going to be in contention at the end of the year, vying for that AFC championship spot. The NFL MVP is harder than the NBA MVP. So, like – when you win one of those things, it's never by accident. Not that you can win an M- NBA MVP by accident, but like we can look back at some of them. Like a lot of people will bring up the Nash ones, and they're like, could have gone to other people, but obviously Lamar's was unanimous. It was the first. It was the second. Sorry, let me not take away from Tom Brady's 2011 season. It was the second unanimous MVP that we've ever seen. So, I get like. I guess because like, I would put him probably top. I'd put him top six, and I guess that would be your elite cutoff. So I I can lean real, but then again, it's I don't know. That one's a tough one for me. That one really is a tough one for me. I like I like Kyle's um, <clears throat> definition being: Do I think they can win on the road against the elite quarterbacks? If that's the case, and that's what we're calling elite, then yeah, he's elite. Um, I just I agree with Keenan. I think he's like right around eight, and I don't know if we can say there are like truly eight elite quarterbacks. So that means like twenty five percent of the league is elite quarterbacks. I'll say this: I love Herbert's talent, and I'm not sure if I could do the Herbert on the road thing just yet. You know what I mean? I can't say it for certain that he could win a playoff game on the road, right? That's he's fair. certainly got the talent, but, but we've also so seen him Stafford beat elite. Chargers. Yeah, I mean Stafford's got a ring. To me, yeah, a healthy but that Stafford. doesn't just mean you're elite. I would, I never thought Flacco or Eli were elite. They would have never hit the elite category for me. No, nope, but they then both they had Super they Bowls. proved it. You know, I mean, going into that next year after I, they won that second Super Bowl, 
you you have to put Eli in that conversation, especially after he inserted himself in that conversation. He he posed the question prior to that year, like, hey, I should be an elite quarterback. Everyone kind of laughed at it. Then he went out and won. He didn't follow up though, right? He was he was still the inconsistent guy. Uh, Flacco at least was right on the border. Flacco had been in big games. He'd been through a few AFC Championship games. Uh, his was a little weirder. And then he got insanely hot that playoff run, the entire playoff run, and then never made it back. You know, he never made it back. Stafford's case, he was someone who was always putting up elite numbers, never really rose to the occasion. Um, that's why, I like, I don't have Stafford in the Hall of Fame right now, per se. But given what he can do at quarterback and given – very recent history where he's won a Super Bowl and how he's playing right now. Yeah, he's a lead to me. I, I'd have him in the upper echelon. You put so you then you probably on, be like your seventh in the league or sixth in the he'd, league. He'd be Would somewhere. Have- I haven't I haven't wrote it all out, but I mean, well, no, I'm just looking at him right now because right. you'd have Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hurts, Lamar, Jackson, and then he would be your sixth because then you'd be in it's, the conversation with Herbert, Lawrence, Tua, Purdy, Dak, Goff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And where it's murky for me, where I have trouble assessing quarterbacks, is I think he's a better pure quarterback than Hurts, right? I don't think any of us would take Stafford over Hurts necessarily, but I think just quarterback for quarterback, what a quarterback's supposed to do, I think Stafford's better than, yeah, 96% of the league. Better than Hurts at that. Uh, But Hurts got to a Super Bowl last year. Hurts is very safe with the ball. He doesn't turn the ball over. Uh but Stafford undoubtedly makes guys around him better. I mean, we see that right now with Puka and Tutu Atwell. Like, he's – as long as he can stay healthy, he's definitely a lead quarterback. Stafford, sure. Okay. Um, do you guys have anything else you wanted to bring up at all? Any points? I know this uh, game started a few minutes ago for sure. 3 nothing <clears throat> Green Bay. 3 nothing Green Bay. Okay. Um, is there anything else you guys want to bring up? We want to get to this uh, Monday night football game. I'm Gucci. I'm Gucci. Tim, who you got winning tonight? Right. Um. Well, the the Packers don't have Aaron Jones, but he hasn't really been involved other than Week One. I'm gonna go Raiders. Hmm. I wanted to go Packers, but I'm going to go Raiders. Uh, Kyle and I both had the Packers going into this. I'm assuming you haven't changed, Kyle. Correct. Yeah, I'm. I have the Packers winning this game. I think it's going to be close, but I have the Packers winning this game. But this was the Warner Brothers podcast. You can catch us on Live Take. Kyle Castro. I'm Keenan Warner on on Live Take. Catch us at YouTube Warner Brothers podcast. Instagram, Warner Brothers Podcast, TikTok, Warner Brothers Podcast, everywhere, Warner Brothers Podcast, streaming platforms as well. And we're out. 